coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio. It's Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by IDS, an award-winning digital marketing agency that delivers integrated marketing solutions for franchisers, franchisees, and franchise development teams. Learn why over 75 brands depend on IDS's team of dedicated marketers and client service professionals to deliver a strong ROI on their marketing investment. Go to IDSFranchiseMarketing.com for a complimentary digital audit and consultation. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today on the show, we have Bob Buffundo with Wings and Rings. Welcome, Bob. Hey, thank you, Lee. I appreciate you having me. Good afternoon. I am so excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Wings and Rings. How are you serving folks? Wings and Rings is a concept that's been in place uh, since 1984. Uh, Current ownership acquired the chain in 2005 and really took it from a very localized wing joint in uh, in the Cincinnati market to uh, more of a regional uh, emerging chain uh, throughout the country. We have 61 restaurants domestically uh, and another 23 or so internationally. Um, and Wings and Rings uh, really tries to differentiate itself uh, by being the place where people can go to connect over sports. It's getting together with friends and family and watching a game and enjoying some great food. We really try to deliver crave-worthy wings and rings to our guests uh, and make sure they they view us as the place to go for those items. And we try to do it with uh, uh, in a little nicer environment and decor and uh, and do it with some great friendly service that makes people feel like they're at home. Now, um, how are you helping your franchisees kind of cope with this labor challenge that's uh, uh, happening around the the country? Is there any kind of uh, technology that you're kind of leaning into to help with this? Well, first of all, we we try to work with our franchisees on an ongoing basis and uh, really understand which stores and which geographic areas are struggling the most from a staffing standpoint. Safe to say in this environment, just about everybody is struggling in that area. But we try to work with them and understand uh, where the gaps are, try to help them with recruiting and retention uh, as a way to improve their individual situation. And then uh, we feel a responsibility to look long-term and look beyond that. So we look for ways to simplify the menu, ways to simplify recipes in the back of the house to make it easier to learn our systems, uh, to be successful delivering our systems on a consistent basis. Um, and then we also look for ways we can just, uh, you know, eliminate labor and tasks, especially the most difficult ones out of the back of the house in our restaurants. And so, um, you know, we, we've even gone as far as evaluating robotics from that standpoint. So what, um, how, how are robotics fitting into this space? Well, we're doing, uh, we're doing some testing right now. We've been in test for about six weeks in our Crestview Hills location in northern Kentucky, just outside of Cincinnati. Uh, and in that location, we are evaluating uh, what essentially is a fry cook, um, our, a robot that handles the cooking of our wings, of our boneless wings, of our fried fish, and all our fried items 
uh, are being evaluated right now as a uh, as a way for uh, the ro- the robot to basically take away some of the more difficult tasks that go into uh, working the back of the house at Wings and Rings. So is that, I mean, that sounds so futuristic. Is that something that's becoming uh, more realistic nowadays? It is. Um, you know, I, I would say that the, the need has always been there. Um, and now you've got great companies like Miso Robotics, who we are partnering with. Uh, and Miso is, you know, really brought in a team of amazing engineers and uh, they really understand the restaurant business and understand how to program the robot to do exactly what we need it to do, um, and even to customize it to our individual recipes. So uh, it's becoming more and more viable every day. I would say initially, Lee, we got into it uh, purely from the standpoint of saying, how do we reduce the labor it takes to operate one of our restaurants? But I think as we've gotten deeper into it, uh, we see other benefits coming to the forefront now, and those include more consistent quality product um, and, um, you know, just just the ability for us to deliver um, deliver things more consistently and and potentially move some of our labor from the back of the house into customer service positions, especially in an environment where many restaurants are struggling just to just to staff the front of the house with servers. Yeah, I would imagine that there's um, a better use of humans uh, in in the front of the house interacting with other humans rather than the back of the house interacting with hot oil. (laughs) Exactly. You hit the nail on the head. Uh, It's always a little uh, warmer in the back of the house. It's always a little more demanding on our employees. And so um, we feel like it's a step uh, towards improving the environment in our restaurants and allowing people to um, uh, spend more time on that on that personal interaction with our guests. So, uh, what kind of is the backstory of Wings and Rings? Uh, how did it kind of initially get started? Uh, our concept, Wings and Rings. Yeah. Um, you know, just um, initially, I think in the uh, mid '80s, uh, with the popularity of other wing concepts starting to take off and the sports bar concept starting to take off. The original founder uh, worked hard to um, uh, to get up and get in the game and get something going. Um, and, uh, you know, initially the, the restaurant was very successful, um, just serving wings and beer, basically, and, and playing in that segment. Um, but I think as the brand began to grow, um, you know, there's a difference between running one or two restaurants successfully uh, and, then, and then being able to franchise a concept and being able to provide the support to franchisees through uh, systems and processes that, that make restaurants successful. So I think that's where current ownership has done a great job of, of uh, developing those systems and, and really building the brand. Um, and we continue to grow well today. We, you know, uh, up, up through COVID, we had uh, 12 consecutive years of same-store sales growth, uh, which is very uncommon uh, within the industry. Now, as, as a veteran kind of uh, in this industry, what are some of the traits of those brands that you think have a chance to be a breakout brand and really resonate and be franchisable? You know, it, it, um, 
I think a great question, Lee. I think most people would start by saying, you know, gosh, is it unique in some way, shape, or form? And that could be through menu differentiation. That could be through um, quality, the way the food is prepared. Um, that is always, I, I think, where the opportunity begins for a brand to grow. Uh, but I think more importantly than anything is is really refining the process. It's it's taking the successful business model that exists at one store or five stores or ten stores. And it's coming up with a process to replicate that uh, successfully and consistently going forward. So, um, you know, a, a lot of people would think that, you know, your best franchisees are entrepreneurial. Um, they're creative. They're, you know, they want to experiment with different things. Um, actually, most franchisees that are successful um, enjoy the the battle on a daily basis, but more than anything, they want a system. They want to execute. They want to. They want to. They want somebody to give them a playbook, and they want to be able to run that playbook consistently, day in, day out. Now, uh, from a franchisee standpoint, do you have kind of a profile of who the ideal franchisee is? Is this somebody that has a portfolio already and is adding this as a, a kind of complementary brand, or is it somebody who who is kind of leaning into Wings and Rings as their primary? kind of revenue source? Again, great question. Um, you, you know, there are a couple of different paths to success, Lee, to be honest with you. And um, in some cases, you know, I think most chains love the opportunity to work with uh, multi-brand, multi-unit franchisees. So people that maybe already have the infrastructure in place um, and um, and have support in place to deal with um, other brands, uh, especially in a common geography. Um, so adding wings and rings to your portfolio is always a great, a great way to, um, move quickly and, and to be successful. But that said, we've got uh, many successful franchisees in our system that are, uh, old, owner operators. These are people that grew up in the restaurants and learned how to want, run one restaurant and and then eventually took the opportunity and took that uh, that leap and that risk into ownership and have done really well with it. So a couple of different paths for sure. But you don't necessarily have that restaurant experience. Um, it, we, we have some people in the system that have successfully um, moved from outside the restaurant industry into a single unit franchise. It's, it's just not very common. Um, but we do have those as well. But so then the folks might be somebody that's worked in the restaurants, maybe frustrated, uh, and then said, Hey, I want my own thing. And this is a good kind of place to start in terms of, Hey, I already have a tested system. I already have experience in the, in the restaurant, but this gives me kind of a blueprint and a framework to work from. And that's kind of hedging me in, in terms of having a successful operation. Yeah, I think, I think most folks, um, and I would say this is true for any brand in the restaurant segment. Uh, most folks have learned the restaurant business in, in some other concept, kind of grown up um, operating restaurants and then want to take a shot um, at ownership. 
and uh, look for opportunities with brands they they can grow with, with brands they like and that they're proud of. Um, and they look for those opportunities and jump into them. So um, as you expand, are you focusing on certain regions and territories or is kind of the world your oyster at this point? No, um, you, you know, we, we think it's important for us to continue as a small brand, um, you know, obviously compared to, you know, the McDonald's and the subways of the world, we're, we're, we're a very small brand. And so for us, continuing to build brand awareness for wings and rings is really important. And as a result, we have um, a couple of different core markets. We're very solid in Ohio and surrounding states like Kentucky and, and Indiana. Um, so we're continuing to focus on growth in those markets. And then we have another solid uh, patch of development in South Texas. Uh, we continue to grow very rapidly down there. That's where a lot of our current growth is coming from that South Texas market. And so for us, it's about filling in the markets we're already in rather than, you know, flying to Hawaii and trying to figure that out. That's That just doesn't make a lot of sense for us right now. Now, what about the footprint of the uh, restaurants? Are they Has that changed like maybe post-pandemic or are they the same size as they were prior? Yes, it has changed. And actually, it be- began to change pre-pandemic. And uh, again, give give current ownership and leadership the credit there. Um, our traditional building was 6,000 square feet. Um, but in October of 2020, we opened our new prototype, which we called G4, just um, um, abbreviation for Generation 4 building. Um, and that building, um, is now 5,000 square feet. Um, but it also includes what we call a valet pickup or a pickup window. So in other words, people that order, uh, online or, um, uh, or call into the restaurant don't have to get out of their car. They can swing through a valet pickup and, and have their food brought to them. They're most likely have prepaid um, by credit card, either on the website or, or through a third-party delivery um, company, and as a result, just swing through and pick up their food. So I say all that because uh, ownership really saw uh, the trends change, changing for the restaurant business and saw off-premise in all shapes and forms, whether it's carryout, whether it's delivery, whether it's catering. Um, saw all of those segments continuing to grow and continuing to do well going forward. And so we felt like there was the opportunity to um, shrink the size of the building uh, a little bit um, and, you know, still be able to hit the volume numbers we needed, but also to be able to better handle the ever-growing side of the business associated with off-premise. Now, is the person that's kind of coming up to that uh, valet window, is it, is that percentage just kind of trending up that it's more and more every year? Yeah, we've got it, I think, in four restaurants currently. Um, and it's it, it definitely outperforms uh, the rest of our restaurants, which um, where typically we would have curbside pickup or we might have somebody park and come into the restaurant um, it, it's definitely outperforming 
those previous approaches that we took. And it's just so easy and so quick uh, for the guest um, that um, it, it's really been a big hit. Yeah, it's a fascinating trend in the marketplace that um, curbside. I mean, it's just really a, it's a different kind of experience that people are having an expectation for nowadays to be able to order on an app or on a website and then just some, you know, you text or however you communicate and say, hey, I'm here and, and then someone hands you your food. I mean, it's kind of going back into the, the old days with the, uh, you know, the the people on skates handing you your food in the parking <laughs> lot. You know? You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Different experience, but it seems to be uh, a good fit for the time. So, uh, you know, we, we plan to um, not only incorporate Valley pickup as part of our prototype design going forward, all of our new restaurants are opening with that, but we anticipate we'll also experiment with retrofitting the Valley pickup door um, onto the, onto existing restaurants. And, and I failed to mention, by the way, this is not just a window. This is, this is a sliding glass door. We actually walk out and greet the guest at their car, um, validate or verify who they are and, and what their order was, and then come back with the food. So, you know, typically they're, they're in and out in less than a minute. Yeah. And it's that personal touch, you know, the human to human interaction. That's right. That's right. Well, Bob, if somebody wants to learn more about the opportunity uh, or the we- the restaurant, what is the website? Uh, the website is www.wingsandrings.com. So easy to remember. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thanks so much, Lee. We appreciate your interest. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio.